Would you please turn your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew? Maybe you turn your device either way. Uh, chapter 1 to Matthew, where we're going to uh, read Matthew's account of the uh, Christmas story. The Christmas story is the story of the birth of a baby with a Hebrew title, Emmanuel, which means God with us. This title, Emmanuel, refers to the fact that Jesus is God in the flesh. God is present in the person of Jesus. When the shepherds came to the manger on that uh, Christmas night, they were walking into the very presence of God because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But this Jesus grew up. He sacrificed himself on the cross. He rose from the tomb and then he ascended into heaven. And everyone who saw Jesus ascending into heaven, I'm sure uh, there was a slow learning disciple there who was thinking, ah, this is so sad. Jesus is no longer Emmanuel. He's not with us anymore. He's leaving. And I call this a slow learning disciple because Jesus explained in a dozen different ways over and over in the uh, words he spoke on earth that this is not the case. Jesus explained that he is not just Emmanuel for 33 years on earth. No, to his followers, Jesus is Emmanuel forever. And Jesus explains this in the Gospels. Jesus explains that his mission is to bring the experience of God's presence to every person who believes in him. Jesus explains that it is his mission to give every believer a restored friendship with God and the joy of experiencing God's presence every moment of every day. Jesus explains that far from leaving his followers, he fills each of his people with his Holy Spirit, so that each believer is able to say and mean that not only is God with me, but in some mysterious way, God is so close to me that it's like he dwells within me. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't cease to be Emmanuel. No, Jesus became God with us in the fullest way possible for all believers of all time. This is what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about God giving me the present of presence. The present of presence is the best of all gifts because it's the gift of Emmanuel, the gift of God's presence in my life. Question, are you experiencing this present of presence? Keep that question in mind as we read the Christmas story recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. We started exploring this uh, question last week, but now let's go a little deeper. As I read the description of the first Christmas, notice the details and how they describe how Emmanuel came to Mary and Joseph. Because in the details of the Christmas story are clues clues to how God becomes present in your life, how God gives you the present of presence. 
Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Now, let's go back to that question. Am I experiencing the present of God's presence? This Christmas story helps answer this question for me because in this account we have three Christmas clues for experiencing God's presence. The first clue in the Christmas story is that I experience God's presence in ordinary ways. The way God chose to come at Christmas teaches me that when God comes close to me, He does so in ordinary ways which is not what I assume. I assume that wherever God is present in my life, if He is present, then it's going to be marked by the extraordinary, by the spectacular, by the supernatural. I figure I can't be experiencing God's holy presence in what seems routine and ordinary. But the Christmas story says that I have it all wrong. God came to us as a human being, but he came like every other human being in the ordinary way. He was born as a wiggly, wailing baby. Emmanuel came in the routine way. All other babies come. And so I can learn from the Christmas story that when God comes to me with his presence, Emmanuel comes in ordinary ways at Christmas God came close, but he came in such an ordinary way that just about everybody on the planet missed it. In fact, about the only people besides Mary and Joseph who noticed Emmanuel, the only people who experienced God with us were those who looked for him. Here I'm talking about the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. The angel said to the shepherds, Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and seek this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds experienced Emmanuel because they looked for him. The same goes for those wise men, Matthew chapter 2. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw 
his star in the east and have come to worship him. You see, Emmanuel came in such an ordinary way that the only people who experienced God with us were those who looked for him. And this is still true today. The secret to experiencing God's presence is to seek God by looking for Emmanuel in the ordinary ways of life. You know, among the most uh, popular books published in the uh, modern era is a, a series of books where the object is finding someone who you know is present on the page, but you're not sure where. I'm talking about Where's Waldo? Uh, if you look at the Waldo books, you'll notice it's just page after page of crowd scenes. And the idea is to find Waldo in the crowd. Uh, here's an example. Uh, can you see him? Uh, are you, will you try? Would you just try? You're obviously not even trying. You have to look for Waldo. He's there. The author promises that this is a special crowd scene because someone special is somewhere on every page. Even if you can't see him right away, the author promises that he's there. Time's up. Here, here's where he is. You knew that, right? Uh, the author promises that there is someone special on every page. The author of your life says the same thing. But you must look. The author says that he is on each and every ordinary page of your life. But you must look like the shepherds, like the wise men. You must look. And when you look for Emmanuel, you find that God is present on every ordinary page of your life story. And there are some people, you know, who get really good at finding Waldo uh, on a page. If you seek God over time, you will get good at experiencing the presence of God in your life. I'd like to introduce you to someone who was an expert at this. Uh, you know who is really good at finding God on every page of his life? Uh, the expert was the second most famous person who was born in Bethlehem. Do you know who that is? In the Old Testament, we're told that David was born in Bethlehem. David tended sheep as a shepherd on the hills around Bethlehem. And then he faced Goliath, and then he became the king of Israel. And over the course of his life, David wrote songs. Uh, he wrote songs about how he saw God on each and every ordinary page of his life. One day, while David was tending sheep on the hills around Bethlehem, uh, he wrote this song. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you see how David is an expert at seeing God's presence in his life? David worked as a shepherd, and when he saw his sheep, he saw God's presence. David experienced God on the job as a shepherd. 
David had this ability to experience God's presence no matter where he was and what he was, no matter what he was doing. And look at the lyrics of his song. David writes about how God is with him every step of the journey along the refreshing waters, but also in the valley of darkness. And because David had this awareness of God's presence, David had the confidence to face Goliath. While everyone else was running around in fear and anxiety and doubt, David was able to face Goliath in faith and defeat Goliath without fear. And you will grow in this very same confidence as you look for God's presence in the ordinary situations of your life. The more you look for God's activity on each page of your life, the more you will find God's activity on each page of your life, and the more you find God's presence in the details of your life, the more God's presence will be displayed in your life. You will see how in the ordinary situations of life, God is growing His character in you and His purpose in you. He's growing His love and His peace and His joy and His patience and His kindness and His goodness and His gentleness and his faithfulness and his self-control and over time as you experience the presence of God people will find God's presence in your life and all of this begins with looking for God just like the shepherds just like the magi you must seek Emmanuel in your life and when you seek you will find that God's presence is even in the snows of winter. God is creatively present even in ordinary snowflakes. What you have heard is true. God makes each snowflake unique. God gives each snowflake crystal its own unique design. And if God has a unique design for a snowflake, he certainly has a unique plan for you. If God knows how to turn a little water droplet into an ice sculpture on a unique basis, God knows how to take the ordinary situations of your life and turn them into something special. Um, I had that experience this week. This week I got uh, an ordinary email that made me... Uh, think about another person and so I jotted off a an ordinary email to uh, this person and it came at just the right time in that person's life so that we could he could respond and we could get together and actually restore a broken relationship that's giving me so much Christmas peace and joy um, yesterday I made an ordinary right turn instead of a left turn and so went to the Hallmark store instead of uh, Radio Shack and there at the Hallmark store in, uh, in the midst of the uh, Christmas cards I met one of your friends I don't I didn't know who this person was but this person knew me because you had invited them here to church and uh, I, I was engaging in conversation because I had a sense that this person was really impressed with me. Uh, <laughs> and so I did ask a few more questions. And no matter how much I probed, I found out that this person was not impressed with me. This person was impressed with you. Impressed with God's presence in your life, which totally shocked me that they'd be so impressed with you. Uh, 
But they have seen something in you. And you don't know this yet. But they told me that they're coming to a whole new relationship with Jesus because they see his presence in your life. God has a plan for your life. You, where you live is not an accident. God has placed you where you are so you can, you can minister to your neighbor with his love. Where you work, where you study as a student, the classes you're, you're a part of, they're not an accident. It's part of God's plan to bring his presence in you and then to others. Just like a snowflake is unique, God has a unique design for each day of your life. And the secret is to be like David. The secret is to keep your eyes open to God's extraordinary presence in the seemingly ordinary ways of your life. God is present in the ordinary. And if you seek like the shepherds, like the wise men, you will find God's presence embedded in the ordinary ways and the ordinary things of your life. The second clue that comes through the Christmas story is that I experience God's presence within ordinary days. The Christmas story not only teaches me that God comes close to me in ordinary ways, God also comes close to me in the midst of ordinary days. On the first Christmas, an ordinary day, Emmanuel, God with us, came within everyday life. God came close to Mary and Joseph in the midst of their everyday home life. Uh, God came close to the shepherds while they were working their everyday jobs. And God came close to the magi while they were traveling on the road. The same goes for you. God's presence is not reserved for church on Sunday in prayer meetings and Bible studies. God likes to show up in your life on the road in the midst of your everyday life. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up to sacrifice himself on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sin. And when Jesus rose from the dead, Emmanuel said these words, which form the last words of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said, as you go along, make disciples, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Do you hear Jesus' promise? Jesus promises to be Emmanuel as I go along in the midst of everyday life. It's that simple, right? No, not, not quite that simple because there's actually something you need to see that's a little deeper in the context here. If you look at the context of the words, Jesus says that he is especially with those who go through their everyday life making disciples. Jesus says that those who really experience his close presence are those who go along through their ordinary days representing him, reaching out with love in his name, helping people to know Jesus better. Jesus says that those who really experience his presence in their ordinary days are those who make it their business to be and do what Jesus calls them to be and do. 
That's why Joseph and Mary and the shepherds and the Magi experienced Emmanuel. They experienced God with us because they did what God called them to do. The same goes for you and for me. When I am listening to God, when I am responding to His leading, when I am looking at the people in my life with a desire to lovingly make a difference with Jesus' love, when I'm eager to share Jesus with others as I go along, this is when my ordinary life really becomes extraordinary with God's presence. When I go along through my ordinary day doing life with Jesus, that's when my ordinary days get marked with his extraordinary presence. You know, I have a friend named uh, Scott, and he has a nephew uh, named Robert. And Robert is in a tough situation. Uh, for years, uh, Scott has talked about what a shame it is that Robert has no father figure. Uh, Scott would shake his head as he thought about how terrible it is that uh, Robert is failing in school and uh, how he's starting to hang out with kids who are a, a bad influence. But then one day, Scott realized that Jesus was calling him to do more than just shake his head. Jesus was calling him to do more than just feel bad for his nephew. Scott started inviting Robert over to his house to, to do little projects. Uh, Scott went uh, to all of uh, Robert's basketball games. Scott wrote Robert notes of encouragement and brought him here to church and uh, uh, did homework with him and helped him with his homework. And you know what happened? Not very much, outwardly. Uh, Robert entered high school and uh, he's still struggling with his grades. But he did write a paper. Uh, Robert was asked to write a paper about uh, someone he admired, and he chose to write about his Uncle Scott. And uh, Robert got a C- minus on this paper, but uh, his mother wept for joy, and so did Scott. When he read how Robert calls his uncle his hero, who has saved his life, and how he wants to grow up to be just like him. Scott says that he is really experiencing the presence of God in his life, but not in flashy ways. There hasn't been anything supernatural, but by responding to God's leading in his ordinary life with his ordinary nephew, Scott has the sense that he's doing life with Jesus. He's really experiencing Emmanuel in the midst of his ordinary days. Oh, and something else Scott would say. Uh, Scott would say that uh, experiencing God's presence is not a feeling. You know, if I were to chart uh, my feelings, you know, of closeness with God, uh, over the years uh, I have walked with God, it would be all over the map. You know, I mean, the high point would be when I first started uh, following Jesus as a high school student, I had some really dramatic uh, intense experiences of, of feeling God's presence in my life. And then uh, that continued through college and uh, grad school. And then uh, several years after grad school, uh, my feelings of God's presence in my life whoop, fell off a cliff. And I sank into a, a difficult period when 
I didn't feel like God was with me very much at all. And I gradually came out of that. Does that mean that I, I came back to those, those days of, of drama in, the, uh, in my high school years? No. Since then, my feelings of, of closeness with God have gone up, gone down. Now the question is, you know, as you look at the graph of my feelings, what do they have to do with, the, with God's actual presence in my life? The answer is, Absolutely nothing. The answer is that there is no correlation between my feelings and God's actual presence in my life. And this is very important. Some people never grasp the fact that feelings are not a measure of spiritual realities. These people panic when their feelings fade or fluctuate as feelings always do. When their feelings fade and they don't feel so close to God as they once did, let's say, they overreact in one of three ways. Uh, they give up on God altogether. They feel guilty, shame, uh, self-analyze. Or three, they start seeking experiences that will artificially stimulate and elevate feelings. A big part of maturing spiritually is growing beyond a feeling-based relationship with God and growing toward a faith-based friendship with God. People usually get married with a burst of romantic feelings, but feelings can't form the foundation of a, a good marriage. The core of a good marriage is a deepening friendship that transcends fluctuating feelings. And it's the same thing in a relationship with God. Growing up spiritually means getting to know God as a person I love and I trust. And this trust becomes the foundation of my friendship and not feelings. And this friendship grows as I do life with Emmanuel. My friendship with Jesus grows as I experience His presence in ordinary ways, in the midst of ordinary days. And we see this playing out in the example of Mary and Joseph, which leads us to one more clue that the Christmas story gives me about doing life with Emmanuel. I experience God's presence when I invite him into my ordinary ways and days. The Christmas story from Matthew that we read a little bit earlier ends with words that express how Joseph invited Emmanuel into his life. Uh, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. She gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Emmanuel came close to Joseph because Joseph let God with us come close. And if you read the Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke, you find that Mary made the same choice. When it came to letting God come close, Mary's response to the angel was, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. What was true for Mary and Joseph is true for you. God comes close to you when you invite Emmanuel into your ordinary ways and ordinary days. 
There was a moment when Joseph chose to invite Emmanuel into his life. There was a moment when Mary chose to invite Emmanuel into her life. And there are moments like that for you. Maybe for you, that moment is right now. Right now is a good time to express to God what you really want this Christmas. This ordinary moment becomes a holy moment when you choose to invite Emmanuel into your ordinary ways in ordinary days. I think God is nudging you right now. I think God is nudging you to just reach out to him and receive the present of presence. So right now, invite this extraordinary Emmanuel into your ordinary life. Let's talk to him now. I'd like to just give you a moment just to invite Jesus into your ordinary ways in your ordinary days. It's simple. It, it, there's nothing complicated about this. It's not based on some kind of feeling. It's not, uh, well, it's ordinary. Just ordinarily speaking to him, just in the quiet between you and, and Jesus and inviting him into whatever situations come to mind right now and inviting him in general just into your life in a way that would really mean that you're doing life with Emmanuel. Would you take a moment to do that right now in the quiet? Now please stand as we sing together and just before we sing let me just uh, say Jesus uh, thank you for coming on an ordinary night a silent night an ordinary night that became holy because you were invited into the life of, of those who called you Emmanuel Lord would we be those people today who even as we sing the, a familiar song that we would might invite you into the ordinary ways in our ordinary days in a way that truly makes our experience with you extraordinary for you are extraordinary Emmanuel